Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Nightmare Magazine Story Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Kincaid. Nightmare Magazine is edited by John Joseph Adams, and the Story Podcast is produced by Skyboat Media in association with Jim Freund. Our first offering for the September issue is Singing with All My Skin and Bone by Sonny Moraine. The story's narrated by Gabrielle DeCure. Singing with All My Skin and Bone is copyright 2014 by Sonny Moraine. Sunny Moraine's short fiction has appeared in Clark's World, Strange Horizons, Lightspeed, and Long Hidden, speculative fiction from the margins of history, among other places. They are also responsible for the novels Line and Orbit, co-written with Lisa Solom, and the casting of the Bones trilogy, as well as a brief history of the future, collected essays. In addition to authoring, Sunny is a doctoral candidate in sociology and a sometimes college instructor. That last may or may not have been a good move on the part of their department. They unfortunately live just outside Washington, D.C., in a creepy house with two cats and a very long-suffering husband. And so ends this week's intro. So without further ado, let's have a nightmare. Singing with All My Skin and Bone by Sonny Moraine I'm telling you this so you know. I don't remember when I started eating myself. You should remember something like that. It should be a moment, one of those that you carry around forever, a line that you cut across your life to mark before, when everything was one way, and after, when everything was different. I don't remember discovering it like a secret formula or an equation that explained the universe. I don't remember discovering it at all. I'm not sure it was discovery. I think maybe it was something that grew, that asserted itself, learning without meaning to learn, like walking or speech. You're made of things you can take to pieces, and those pieces can be eaten. The truth is that you're made of meat. I do remember what I did with it. When I realized that there was something to be done, I remember that very well. There's a world with someone in it, and a world without them. If it happens right in front of you, well, that's sort of hard to miss. I carry these things around with me. I've been trying to say them for years, 
So, if you don't mind. There are all kinds of things you don't hear. What you need to understand is that this kind of magic persists because it works. It doesn't work in large ways, in obvious ways. It's not showy, and it's not out to impress anyone. This kind of magic is like a path through the night or tunnels beneath an occupied city, supply lines for resistance and the movement of agents. This kind of magic is the slender, fragile reclamation of power. When it's done right, no one notices it's there. I've gotten very good at hiding it. But I was very clumsy then, and even if it worked, people saw too much of it, and that blunted its power. It takes years of practice to know just how to destroy yourself, just how much to pick away, just how much to gnaw off, just how much to cut. What you need to understand is that I can't change anything. I couldn't protect myself then, and I can't now. What you need to understand is that this has never been about anything but the sheer pleasure of survival. Here's what might have been the moment. It could have been any way, any time, somewhere between the number five and the number nine. It could have happened like this. There's a healing scratch. The unevenness of it is pleasant. And the realization that fingernails slide so very neatly under its surface. It takes almost nothing to pull it away, and the blood wells up like liquid garnets. And it's so pretty. And there's something that washes over you then, like slipping into a warm bath. And your breath comes easier. And you sag against everything. And it comes to you that there's power in this. Because just as you slip down, you slip sideways. And you see things you didn't see before. There are bones under the world. And now they're in front of you. And they rattle and dance. Grasses are deep jungles. Streams are mighty rivers. Here is the broken ground by a creek. And it's a massive gorge through which that river flows. Everything small is abruptly enormous and dramatic, and you can lose yourself in it. The sky flips sideways. Gods lurk in the branches and concrete and in all the machines, and polished stones whisper stories from when their melted hearts cooled, and they tell you everything they learned from their shaping rivers. You see everything that might be. You see the filthy, churning story factories. You see the eyes in the storm drains. Fuck your city beneath the city bullshit, your vampire private detectives and your werewolves tending bar, because I've seen it. You dig and dig, 
and suddenly there's a hole in you through which your spirit pours. You eat of your own flesh and drink of your own blood. And it's the deepest kind of communion. And if they see you, they wait after school until you're ten minutes from home and they pelt you with stones. <laughs> what you found can't protect you. But it seems like it just might be worth it. So there was that day when he followed me home from school, backed me into a corner of the afternoon, using his chest like a battering ram pulled back and ready to break through. Put yourself there. <laughs> See? It's amazing how everyone just disappears at moments like that. Crowded neighborhood, full of kids headed toward home. But then the part of space you occupy is sealed off, and it's just you and him. And you're bargaining, begging, dragging down the sleeves of your shirt, remembering that he came after you on the playground and feigned a kick to make you flinch, that he laughed and leered in your face, that you looked up at him and thought about the scabs on you like dinosaur scales. You thought about peeling it all away and revealing claws and pebbled lizard skin, and you thought about tearing his belly open with your toes and spilling his guts on the blacktop and screaming at the overcast sky while everyone else took their turn to run and the useless lunch monitors vomited against the wall of the gym. Um, just a note. That was a spell that never worked. I did try. Don't think for a second that I didn't try. Even magic spun from torn flesh has its limits. You make bargains at moments like that. I think we've all been there. For weeks, trying a variety of ways home, creeping along like a deer heading for water, ears and tail pricked, never the same way, two days in a row. But he found me. And... I didn't exactly understand why it was so terrifying, being alone and small in that blocked-off space with him. But I offered him secrets. Never mind what they were. Secrets are powerful. <laughs> That's one thing I'm sure as hell not telling you. He wasn't the only one. The first or the last. And when I talk about him, I'm talking about them all. Some of whom I remember and many of whom I've forgotten. But I've never forgotten what he said. That's not enough. Let's leave him for a moment. Let's take some inventory. Match heads work well. Just blow them out, press them against the inside of your arm. It's exquisite, though you don't get the satisfaction of feeding on the burns until after they've scabbed over. There's a pulse in the world, and you can watch it spread outward from those red glowing spots. 
encasing you in a translucent shell. It never lasts, but it's better than nothing. Unfolded paper clips work wonderfully, more slowly. The face of a wound parts like a smile and drools blood and clear plasma. And in that world that only you can see, it steams like incense offered to a god. Gods respond to that kind of offering, and they gather silks and beautifully dyed wool around your heart. Clippers for nails, cuticles. Oh, these are delicate tools, a little too delicate and also a little too easy because no magic ever comes without effort. I mean, they can make openings, beginnings, but then other things have to take over. No needles or knives. They are too sharp, too clean. The best tools for this kind of work have edges that are ever so slightly blunted that require commitment to use. Well, of course, fingernails are the best. They're always the best, ever-present and reliable. The claws I was born with, even if they aren't the claws I wanted. I'm telling you this so you know. But I'm not expecting you to be able to use this information. I can reach through this membrane and touch you but I don't think you can really touch me. These are only scars to you, and all you ever saw was a strange little child who walked like a ghost through the world, looking for something without having the slightest idea what it was. More or less real, both at once, by virtue of spilled blood. Ghosts don't bleed. I do. They used to burn witches, didn't they? There's something about skin. Something supernatural. I mean, not to say that it's magical or ghostly, though it is, both of those. Or that it contains a power in and of itself, and that power magnifies when removed from a body. Though it does... Skin is supernatural in that it connects like a thin tendon to everything part of, but also above the natural. Skin is cells, hair, sweat, the potential of blood. Skin is sensation, an experience of what is, Skin is a lightning spark network of a sensory organ. Explicable, and yet not at all. Remove skin and see what's beneath. See how it all fits together. Understand the structure of something when that structure breaks down and follow its slashing power lines to their source. I spun my first magic from the stuff of what I was. Torn away because I could spare it. But I began because, like all of us, I had something I was trying to get away from. Well, then, I found other reasons.
Let me tell you what I wish I could have said. When they saw the blood and the pits in my flesh and tried to get me to stop, because everyone knows little kids shouldn't do this shit to themselves. Let me tell you that when you discover a direct line into the fabric of the universe, it's very difficult to leave that alone. Let me tell you what it's like to wear every mark like a secret ornament that only you find lovely and to hate them at the same time because of what they'll mean to everyone else. So you hide them as best you can with long sleeves and shadows, but they always see in the end. Let me tell you what it's like to make blood magic, real magic, because packed under your fingernails, the world loses its power to hurt you anymore. Let me tell you what it's like to run pain through a complex refinement process that makes it chocolate and warm sheets and dappled summer sunlight. Let me tell you what it's like to select your instruments of sorcery according to their sharpness and keen edges. Let me tell you what it's like to be a witch in junior high school. Let me tell you. Shut up and let me talk. I wish I could get this into words. None of them are coming out quite right. I want to tell you what it's like to have magic in your skin. Sit down beside me and let me illuminate all my scars. Let me tell you all my many early names. No, they weren't bestowed like honorable titles, and they hurt worse than the actual wounds, but they dug into me just like everything else, and I still have them. Not all scars are the kinds you can see. Not all scars are beautiful. A changing body is a dangerous thing. A body that can be changed is more dangerous still. All these little bodies, all this potential. And imagine if they all found out how to take hold of it all at once. Every single beaten down body, rising in angry flames. God, we would have been terrifying. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine that? There's a reason why we send children off to war. Here's one for the spell books. The potential of blood is sometimes more powerful than its presence. It's a fine line drawn between intention and desire. But it's there if you know how to look, if you know how to walk along it, careful not to tip one way or the other. That moment before the capillaries rupture, before the pale flush of the fighter cells and the stacking of the platelets. Then there is a cycle of rebuilding, Destruction and rebuilding again. Bodies are very persistent. They don't take no for an answer. If you can grab hold of that, it's like getting a tiger by the tail and teaching it to bring you the hearts of tender lambs. That's not enough.
Okay, motherfucker. I'm enough. You know what? I'm enough. I'm the baddest bitch around. There's razor wire in my blood. I can clap my hands and summon an army of ravenous corpses from the cracks of the pavement. I can throw my tennis shoes over the telephone wires and turn them into a murder of hungry crows. I can spread my hands and break the world open, release 100,000-eyed seraphs to see your soul to ruins. I have a wolf's bite. I have a pack at my heels. My mothers were harpies and furies. My sisters were the Morrigan. And my daughter will be fucking Kali. My grandmothers burned, but saw me to birth in centuries of ash. And it doesn't matter that I always run away. And it doesn't matter that I'm trying to drive a devil's bargain with a grunting, sweating fifth grader. And it doesn't matter that you made me cry all those times before because you think I'm not enough? You piece of shit! I can roll up my sleeves and tear off my skin and make you fucking cease to exist. That could have happened. It could have. I'm telling you this so you know what I won't tell you is whether or not they ever found him. I won't tell you if it happened all at once or little by little, slowly enough for him to scream as he lost his limbs, his heart, his tongue. I won't tell you whether I cried at what was happening or just watched, impassive, or whether I laughed and clapped my hands. I certainly won't tell you whether or not I ran away. I certainly won't tell you if I bargained in the end. I won't tell you if it all failed. If I can only look back and rage. If I'm just lying to myself even now and all I have left is stories and those lies and where my feet could take me. We're always making bargains is the thing. We forget them, but they happen. Secrets for life, flesh for power, blood for knowing. No one had to teach me these things. I learned them from being in the world. But even if you don't ask for something like that, it has a price. I don't curse crops. I don't cause children to be born sickly or deformed. I don't bring plagues of rats. I've never stolen the breath of a baby while it slept. I can't travel in chill night winds. I can't give you a potion to catch the heart of your true love. I can't read the stars. And I have no idea what's going to happen next. There are all kinds of things I can't do. I count my marks and take stock of my little magic, my flesh and blood magic. And I think I only have so much of both to give. And I've given a lot to get this far. But I'm still here. 
And I'm telling you this so you know. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the story. Please consider making a stop at our website at nightmare-magazine.com to leave a comment. Just click on Fiction, find this story, and leave a comment there. Or if you'd like to help spread the word, go to iTunes, find the Nightmare Magazine Story Podcast, and leave a review or rating there. Nightmare Magazine is published by John Joseph Adams. If you haven't already subscribed, check out our many options at nightmare-magazine.com slash subscribe. The stories of this podcast are produced by Skyboat Media the most respected independent audio production team on the West Coast. They are headed by the Audi and Grammy award-winning narrator Stefan Rudnicki and Gabrielle DeCure. You can check out Skyboat Media's website at skyboatmedia.com. Post-production is in association with Jim Freund. Music and sound logos are composed and performed by yours truly, Jack Kincaid. There's other ways you can be notified of new Nightmare Magazine content. You can subscribe to our free monthly newsletter or RSS feed, follow us on Twitter, or like our fan page on Facebook. If you visit nightmare-magazine.com and click on this month's editorial, you'll find links to all of our social media pages. This podcast is copyright 2014 by Nightmare Magazine. Thanks for joining us. Sleep tight. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.